Welcome back to the Integrateness Podcast. Ah! Je- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it actually scared him. <laughs> wow. With Jason and Jolene, she's Jolene, I'm Jason, and we're talking the scaries in case that now wasn't abundantly clear. Oh, that's amazing. So, you know what's funny is, who here laughed, we talked about this last season when we talked about fear, I laugh when I'm scared. Right? Yeah, you do too, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. And that's kind of what just happened there. I legitimately scared him, guys. He kind of like jumped back. He <laughs> thought he was owning the scary intro, but I I took the stage on that one. You did. Well well played, Jolene. And, and how many of you jumped? <laughs> but you poor suckers with your earbuds in. <laughs> oh. Well done. <laughs> well All done. Right. Um, anyways, we're back week two of season two of the Integrateness Podcast. And because Halloween looms on Tuesday, so six days from now, we thought it'd be appropriate to talk about the scaries. What are the scaries? From a from a counseling standpoint, that's just a term, the scaries. Yeah. It's a thing. yeah, people talk about the Sunday scaries, going back to work and like, that's a big one, right? Looking at like, when you dread the thing that takes up a huge amount of your time like that, that is concerning, right? Kids get it before school sometimes. Um, essentially, you know, it's right here. It's dysregulation between stuff. How many of you guys are still like <laughs> your heart's going a little bit? You're feeling unsure, unsafe. You're not sure whether you should keep listening. Brace yourself, right? Who needs to go clean their pants? I think I aged the year. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times um, the scaries can be immediate day-to-day kind of stuff, but they can also be... We spend so much time anticipating things, right? Like anticipating worst case scenarios and letting our brain run off leash. You know, it's like put that dog on a leash, bring it back and walk it by your side because it's not even an off leash dog. It's one of those crazy, uh, you know, those those retractable leashes, those stupid oh, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And the dog's just like, and then it jerks you out of your place and you got no control over it. Bring that thing back in. And really pay attention to the things that are within your control. And there's a big piece of the scaries that is the unknown, Mm -hmm. right? And Jason and I, you know, anyone who listened to last week, there was a lot of this summer that was kind of unknown and new to us in different ways, right? Yeah, that we had to pivot on, literally, to, to adjust our lives to work around it. Yeah. 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 What does scaries mean for you? Snakes. We've talked about that we before. Have. And we're going to deal with my snake phobia later on in the season, but not today. You and my mom. We could probably tag team that. My mom's terrified of snakes. Yeah, and I, I don't know why. Yeah, I wonder it's if it always... was like a past life thing or something. I'm Maybe. always curious about some of those some of those impacts. So Jason's case is, chases the scaries <laughs> on the regular, right? Halloween's his jam. Fighting and hunting ghosts. I don't know. Do you actually fight them? No, I've never actually I fought do. a ghost. I do. Well, I you mean, know what? we fight them in a way. Like, cause, well, when we did that investigation at your place, that last one, that was a fighting with something. Yeah. Um, but usually we're just finding proof of. Yeah. Um, and contrary to what people think, it's actually typically not that frightening a thing to do there are moments when things come up that are unnerving i would say more than anything else and occasionally i've had a moment where i've jumped or been terrified but i love the horror movies too yeah we uh, will just backtrack for a second there uh we had olivier on video in that <laughs> same kind of at my place right yeah and that was the same laugh response we all laughed like crazy after that 
We do, because that, and like you said, that's a way to deal with those fears, because sometimes you just laugh, like, because Olivier heard something, and Olivier has, we call it his little funky dance. Yes. Because he always does this thing, like, when he hears it. Um, and so, and that's kind of funny, but it's the fact that something can startle someone so much to do that. I yeah. think we're not used to seeing that, and so the response is, you just need that release of tension. Yes. And when we, yeah. And it's so much of it stored in our body and we have to shake it out. So when our fight or flight mechanism or sympathetic nervous system kicks in, when we go into fight mode, even at an animalistic level, animals shake after they fight, they Mm -hmm. shake after they are in battle with each other or whatever else. We are the same. We have to shake kids, play it out. They will run around. They'll be fools. They'll dance. They'll scream, but they will shake and move it out of their body. So many times we have learned to override that and we stay stiff in our bodies. Mm -hmm. We will endure really difficult things and stay in our bodies. You know, I think about um, first responders. They're meant to be calm, cool, collected. They don't have fast body movements and then they're driving in vehicles after or they're staying in very like static kind of positions. Like how do first responders and those folks get that out of their body? Because you're overriding it. And yes, you are appearing to not be afraid, but your body is still storing everything that it's experiencing. It does. And sometimes for decades. Oh, for sure. Decades. Until they crumble. Something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The scaries. Yeah. Lately, I haven't had tons, but I, when I was at the paper, mm-hmm. so it was a Sunday to Thursday shift, and Sunday I was the only reporter on. I would get them on the Sunday scaries on Saturday. Oh. Just knowing you're going, it was never, you know, you're dealing with crime and all that stuff. It was like going into that. So I would get that frequently. Like, I think every, once I really got into the job, it was like probably like nine years of Saturday scaries anticipating what's to come. Yeah. Uh, so that was one thing I remember. Nowadays, very, I guess... With children, you know, as a parent, especially like my son went off to middle school, whole new experience. You don't know what who he's going to run into, yeah. what kind of experiences, what the teacher's going to be like. Can he adjust to the new class? Because now it's like, remember our high schools where you're rotating blocks? Totally. He's doing and all you that. Can, you become invisible in so many ways, right? Yeah. You can just become diluted into the mix of everyone. And you're not paid attention to by one person for long enough to really know what's going on. Yeah, you're just another number. Yeah floating around so I had I had that and I still have that even though he's like now I got a month in he just yeah. it's that yeah as a parent that's that's sort of I think the big thing right now yeah totally yeah. yeah for me it's kind of like what are well and I guess too your change of career over the summer like that was a scary new step of like whoa this isn't something I normally do this isn't a routine I've yeah. normally been in someone else is telling me when to show up to work like <laughs> yeah. was that a thing for that you that was the thing going back in especially working like with like heavy equipment like there's some of the equipment's dangerous yeah um, getting used to that again, like the saws and stuff like that. Uh, and being that kind of a person, I just face all those challenges head on. But there was like a f- first few weeks and it wasn't full time either. I was like three days a week. So, you know, you have like, you get into your five day a week so I can get used to it. But I work three and then I have four off and then go back and kind of start over. And I come back. It was every when it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'd come back Wednesday and I've missed a couple days of work on the job. So I was even having to readjust to what had happened on the job site when I wasn't there. It wasn't the same as when you went back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's that. That's actually too. really similar to when people go back from maternity leaves and they, they or, or sick leaves or whatever it be for a period of time. Things are not the same as what they went back to. Yep. So what they were anticipating to go back to has shifted and become unknown in many ways too, right? Big time. Yeah. I've even had that at jobs with Work BC. I went on a three-week vacation once and I came back and almost all the employment advisors at the office had changed. Oh, wow. In three weeks. 
holy smokes. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Well, I was like, <laughs> How long was I gone? gone for? You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. That, then that throws you like, does that say something about the work environment? Am I missing something here? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, that kind of a thing. Yeah. For me, the scary is so there's lots of different things that kind of like, I, I don't get, I don't get afraid too much, but I know when I am a, like avoiding things maybe because I just have like anxiety around it or I'm kind of anticipating or have troubles asking for help around it. That can be some other ones. But I, I find that like sometimes I can get avoidant of it if it's kind of unknown or it's not something that I've, I've done before. So new projects, that's a big one. Um, you know, even I, I, and, and, and not having time and space to chisel out for it. Right. And like, for me, it would be like, I'm afraid I'm not going to do the kind of job I want to do on this or things like that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then there's something I've learned about myself is when I become avoidant and I actually delay things. I used to say I was a procrastinator years ago in high school. And then I realized that I actually wait until I'm internally inspired enough to just let all of that flow out of me. So that came in like crunch time paper writing. Most of my inspired projects and career advanced things, especially in my job right now, those things, they got to come at the right time. And it's usually towards the end. I try and work on them a week before. Every time I've had a damn presentation or something, I try and get to it. And everything else in my life hijacks it. You know, until I finally have that moment, I can chisel it out and it just flows Mm -hmm. and it blasts out and I'm like, whoa, there we go. So I really started to trust in that process that I know what I'm doing and I have the tools to do what I need to do. I need to just trust that it's going to happen when it happens. Um, So that's been something I've really kind of anchored into when it comes to fear. But like when I look at bigger picture things like this summer, looking at, um, navigating a new relationship right like they're there's, scary in their there's own so way. many things yep. i was able to practice on my own and then when you're like in it you're like oh motherfucker there's somebody else here watching this like they're watching <laughs> me go through it and i'm not just in my own process here right so like one of the newest things to me is like i'm not used to being seen or heard in my personal life which you guys might all think is kind of crazy because you all listen to me here or my clients listen to me no one in my fucking personal life listened to me <laughs> i wasn't used to being seen So it's funny that the person I'm with like sees and hears me all the time. And that's kind of trippy in itself. That's a little scary that I'm like so visible now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that can be a, I found that too, whenever I kind of get into a new relationship. It's like, cause I was someone who, and still am, I could live on my own. I'm perfectly fine, but then no one's seeing you. Mm -hmm. So suddenly when someone sees you and they're paying attention, they actually seem to care. You're kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't have to repeat things twice, three times, four times, five Five, times, six six times, 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 right? Like even the slightest thing of like just noticing something. And I'm like, I didn't even remember notice that. Holy shit. What is, yeah, Yeah, it's it's very interesting. So it's been really interesting to navigate all of that. And then there's lots of stuff that comes up, right? Because you're always, I think, well, this is obviously the first time I've been in a, conscious very intentional connection with somebody right so everything i'm doing i'm essentially doing new for the first time when a trigger comes up i look at where that trigger is coming from i'm so present in it i sift through it i have the brave conversations you know and they're so much easier they are just and and that's also the thing like when you're in a safe and healthy connection um it's so much easier to do that stuff like it's not as scary it's it's barely scary at all to be honest it flows right? naturally yeah, yeah it's it's scary when you don't have healthy responses on the other side it's scary when you don't have reliability on the other side it's not scary when you do have those things right no that's very true but getting used to that trusting in that so that's been like one of the biggest flexes for me over this last summer and then 
I think actually this might be the first time I'm saying this out loud. I'm really, um, I think I'm afraid about the outcome of the pressures I have as a mom. I'm a single mom and uh, this summer lots changed in my kids' lives regarding their dad and I have become very primarily involved with them and they resent that. They hate that I'm the person always telling them what to do, get up and go to school, this and that. Like I'm having to be the fun parent and the disciplined parent and the everything parent. And I think other single parents can appreciate that too, right? So there's a part of me that's just like, fuck, I hate that I'm forced into this role of carrying everything so heavy and not doing my best work in it in some aspects because it's so taxing at times and trying to play multiple roles that um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid at what the outcome of that's going to be. Like, are they going to, when they're teenagers going to be like, I don't want, I like, I want to go live with dad cause he's so much easier or, you know, like mm-hmm. doesn't tell me what to do. Doesn't give me a bedtime or I don't know what that looks like later on down the road. Right. But I'm just like, I really hope that me being forced to take on everything right now doesn't taint the relationship that I have with them because there's so many more pressures for all of us. I think. Uh, my buddy Carl was in that situation. Yeah. He ended up in that and became the sole, the sole parent to four boys. Um, yeah, right? And he had to be the good parent, the bad parent, the, the whole bit. And I, he seemed, and I, I don't see a lot of you with your kids, but you already seem to have had a good rapport and a good stable base. So I hope in my prediction there won't be a problem there because you already have that. Yeah, that's my hope. Right? And I think, I think that, but, I, yeah. but you don't know. And that, that would be scary. Even as someone who's like, my wife and I both raise our, our kid. I, I worry about that too. Like, what is the out, end result outcome? And, you know, you kind of get a little panicky at moments where things seem to not go the way you hope. Yeah. But you got to yeah. let them be them too. You know what I mean? So I think that's a very parenting thing in general, but more so for someone who's the sole person responsible. Yeah. And I can't say it's something that's always like, it's not like driving me at the forefront of my mind, but it's one of those things that as a parent, I haven't really had that moment yet. I haven't had that freak out of like, am I fucking my kids up? Am I doing anything wrong? Like I kind of trusted, like, it's okay. We have pretty, pretty big buffer zone, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have all these expectations when they're newborns, are you going to breastfeed or this or that? Right. I was like, I feel like I did pretty good through everything. Right. Yeah. But then I was like, man, because Lots of the decisions and choices have been, I perceive, taken away from me by other people's decisions. That is, I think, the part that I feel a bit of that in, like that I'm forced into playing roles or being a a version or a role or assuming things that weren't my choice. They were a result of someone else's choices. Yeah. Know what I mean? I I do totally. I totally. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like having the role just suddenly thrust upon you. Here you go. Yeah. And you know, if we look at other like scaries in life, that is, that's trust of others. That's trust of the world around us. Right? Like when I can control my world around me, I feel like I can assume responsibility for it. I can predict some of it. I can, you know, like ebb and flow with that, but it's all of those external, um, yeah, influences that come along. Right. So I can definitely see where that's being tested for me this last little while. Um, and then, yeah, like, you know, my, my aunt passed away and then her cabin burned two weeks after that. And it was just so tragic for my cousin. And, you know, I, I loved that place. Like it was my own. I was so grateful to have all of the time I did have out there, but there was lots of that like and it's funny because we're so desensitized to forest fires around here and wildfire and we see so much of it but you know there was something extra terrifying about that one it was so out of control and it moved so fast so out of control and jumped the lake uh, you know did all these things and it wiped out like cause our place used to be on little shoe mm-hmm. and it wiped um, you know when you go across the bridge to scotch yep. creek and there's that gas station like that's gone that's gone and that's the yeah. place i went hundreds of times my son there to buy candy and all that and i think it's 
That was my P-stop, guys. That's that right. was my P-stop. That's the P-stop. So it, it's, I think this time it was because it impacted things that so many of us took for granted and had visited mm-hmm. so many times. Suddenly it was a personalized fire. It wasn't just like, that eh, smoke coming from something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. 100 mile. It was right on our doorstep. So quickly and so fast and spread to every direction that it could have, right? So, and, and even then there's a lot of discussion around lack of trust of how some things were managed and this and that. And that's, of course, beyond all of our control and stuff. But yeah, really interesting to see devastation that way. For me, feeling that as I went back out there a couple weeks ago, it was very powerful to feel like I'm so connected with nature and the Shushwap in general just since my childhood that it felt devastating the entire time. But it was really interesting to observe people come together through that whole process and especially like the day everything essentially burned on that one Friday. And um, looking at like fear and bravery that people Mm -hmm. stepped into like people were taking their boats they were fighting it from the water they were sitting there with generators and pumps all night people stayed at their homes they were clearing out trees by neighbors houses they were like it was wild what people were able to navigate and I think when we look at things that um you know fear that activates us or fear that paralyzes us like that was such a beautiful example of that activation part right and I think that's something you know when it comes to fear so many people let it paralyze them, mm-hmm. whereas you you can't. I think it, you, it's kind of that whole you know get comfortable with being uncomfortable adage. Like it, it's something that we can train ourselves to do. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I learned like in in boxing, because boxing's terrifying. You want to talk about yeah. the scary? You cannot yeah. get in the ring and fight somebody. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen to you. Um, but Sifu would always tell us like. Just put your energy into the things you can control. So you can't control any of the things they're going to do to you. But you can control your responses to it and when you're going to hit back. So don't let anyone force you into it. So and he'd apply that to life too. If there's something in life, like like what's an example? Um, you go into the grocery store and you know you can park your car and kind of walk properly. But you don't know if someone's going to cut you off. So if someone cuts you off, you can sit there and get mad and stew about it for the rest of your day. Or you can have your moment where like, wow, that pissed me off. And then just let it go. Don't give it energy anymore. Because mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. And that's sort of how you would talk about it. Use your Save your energy for the things you can control and let go of the things and don't give them energy to the things you can't. Yeah, and I find that the things that will paralyze us is often things that as a kid... Uh, we were in freeze mode over too, right? Because usually when we're children, we're not big enough, strong enough, fast enough to run from the danger, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there are things that paralyze you, like for some people, it's having brave conversations, right? You know, I'm, I, quite a few of my clients, even just this week, they have to have some really big conversations with their family that is literally going to make or break acceptance and rejection and like future of life decisions for uh, some of these individuals and they're terrified to have these conversations and putting them off and putting them off despite the damage that it might be doing to their own wellness their own focus their own mental health and then their partnerships or whatever else they're involved in right oh yeah yeah and some of these terrifying decisions are like I'm choosing this path for me and it doesn't look the same as your path or any of these things, you know, like I even think about just, uh, you know, my divorce and different things like that. Like when we have to choose ourselves, when we choose against the grain, you know, I've been talking a lot to people about what are your decisions that feel good, the ones that you want to make and then what are the ones you have to make because their life is arranged or expectations are arranged as such that today 
that's the one you have to make, right? Yeah, th- those are scary. Yeah. It was like last episode when I was talking about having to leave work, even though I'd gone yes. back. That was a tough call. That was scary. That was scary. It was a tough call to make that yeah. decision. And I may have burned a couple bridges, but there's not. What do you do? What and, do you do about and the it, rea- right? Yeah, the reality is in those conversations, yes, your boss is going to be pissed off. He's got to find a new person. He's not necessarily mad at you yeah. and he still understands, but he's going to be pissed off because he's got it. It inconveniences someone else. And I think when we can recognize that we can never do anything to make all parties happy, but we really have a responsibility to be true to ourselves because then we are bringing our best self forward. We are living for our best self. And in in general, everyone's going to win at that point. But to just make the assumption that like every day I'm essentially going to do something that pisses off someone else. And it's not because I'm intentionally trying to. Mm-hmm. It's probably because I need to choose me. Yeah. <laughs> and you people don't like it when you choose you. Yeah. In fact, we're told society-wise that you should feel guilty for choosing you when yeah. you shouldn't. If you don't take care of you, no one else is. So everyone's fucked then around you because it, you're going to not be healthy. Exactly, right? Because then you become the car that's expecting everyone else to maintenance it because you're not maintenancing your own. Right? Exactly. And that pisses off people even more, <laughs> right? Yeah. So actually, because you pushed yourself too hard, that's what pissed your boss off. Yeah, probably, right? (laughs) But that does happen, right? And I've I've had so many of those conversations about like, okay, when you return to work, lots of people have been off work this summer and and working through some of their own things because I think in the last three years, maybe time has aligned that they can't go any longer, right? So I said, like, what are you going to do to prevent this from happening again? Because yes, you feel bad that your colleagues absorbed the pressure of everything, but what are you going to do differently? Because if you go back and you're the same worker you are, you were before, yeah. they're going to be pissed that nothing changed. You got three months off and nothing's changed. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, oh, I didn't think about that. I said, so you can't go back to your old ways. You have to show them you use that time to change yeah. and you need to be different so that they can then start responding differently too, which means difference in caseloads or workloads or whatever, right? But it was interesting to see the response when it was like, they're going to be pissed if you didn't make changes. You can't go back the same person you were no. before. <laughs> no, no. Because you're not. You're not. And there's so many people, though, that just want to things to stay the same. So they, they repeat. And you see them in life. Like they have these, they kind of figure something out and they kind of build themselves up. And then they repeat the same mistake and it happens again. And then these cycles just keep repeating themselves because they aren't willing to either... They know what they got to do, but they aren't willing to put the work in. Or well, they're scared to put the work it. in. That's right? it. I think it's more of a fear. They know yeah. they're ready. And then they're like, shit, that means I have to tell that person no. Yeah. Or, oh, bah. there's a chance it could be successful or fail. And I don't yeah. know. And I couldn't live with either. Absolutely. In some ways, right? Yeah. The fear of success is a big Huge. one. That's what stopped me for decades. Yeah. Doing stuff. Right. Because if you're successful, you're committed. Yeah. But I don't like to be And there's expectations. And there's expectations of you. Then you got to do all that stuff. Yeah. 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 We were kind of just talking about this in just terms of like why we run this podcast and what our intentions are behind it and how I was saying, you know, I'm always really careful not to um, like complain when my caseload is abundant and referrals are coming in because I've asked for this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want that abundance. And, you know, when we are putting ourselves out there with this podcast, like we want to reach as many listeners as we can, because we want people to live better lives. Yeah, exactly. But like, are we prepared to be big deals? Are we prepared to have more listeners than Joe Rogan? Like, are we ready for that shit? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) In a way it would be cool, but then that does put the pressure of expectation because you better create a fucking kick-ass podcast every week. Right? I mean, right? I think we're doing all right. I Are we doing, doing okay, guys? Good. We do okay. We're a little afraid of your feedback sometimes. <laughs> but please leave it in the comment section. Yes, yes, we'll take it. 
So what other things? What other things scare the shit out of you? What are things you help other people navigate fears of? For me, okay, I'll give top three. Okay, top three. Fucking ghosts in my house, my kids. Jason, <laughs> it has been a shit show this summer. Guess what, guys? So the last time Jason was at my house, I, um, I, I've disconnected all the control panels on my fridge because it always would go off and do weird things. So it just stays at one temperature. There's no lights in there. There's no whatever. Apparently I have an ice machine, guys, because the last time they came to do an investigation, <laughs> my right. ice machine turned on. It still works. It still works. I am getting solid blocks of very inconvenient ice, but it's cool. I work with it. It's fine. So my ice machine still works. Wow. But my one daughter is terrified at bedtime, nighttime, everything, you name it. It is wild. So that one's afraid of those kinds of things. Uh, I definitely noticed some back to school adjustment stuff for my son. He had hockey tryouts in that like last couple weeks of August. So you're constantly competing, not knowing who you're going to be playing with. He's out there with a new team or a new line every time. Like at nine years old, that's hard to perform your best when you don't naturally play with these kids. And you know, like you normally have a flow with the team. So they're all really brave out there at that young age, knowing that, you know, lots is on the line, whether they'll be playing with their friends or not on the same team. And then adjusting to a new teacher and being split up from like, there was kind of like a core group of like seven or eight of them in this one classroom. Like that teacher was a saint (laughs) and all those boys got split up now. So Mm. he was feeling really sad about that. And one friend had left uh, to another city at the end of last year. So all of that was happening all at once with again, personal life transitions too of some inconsistencies in his life. So yeah, he was feeling his, his stuff comes out. He ended up being sick the first week of school, like legitimately ear infection, different things like that. But emotionally it was hard for him to get back in and he did have some anxiety and then felt really good finally on one of the days and said, I really like my teacher. I feel good about everything, but you could see he had a weird time settling back in. And then my other girl, she, um, yeah, if anything, she's just particular about her self-expression. She is, uh, my, my twin girl who loves all things like boy, right? So she cut her hair really short this summer. She wears all boy clothes and just is really, she, she loves who she is and she loves self-expression, but she's more picky about what she wears than her sister or her brother. Like Marshall will just throw whatever on. Yeah. Hazel for sure is very particular about how her hair looks and she's very sensitive about if it's not the way she wants it to look or if it's not the right hoodie. So that's like where some of her fear comes in, in some of her, like, am I, am I feeling my best self? I don't even think it's an acceptance thing. I don't think she's worried about rejection from others, but I think she, it's a, it's a, it's a self-acceptance. Like, do I feel my best self leaving this house right now? This isn't what I had planned. So I need to, yeah. I get that. I, that I, I have a bit of that even with myself. Oh, for sure. Me right? too. Yeah. 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 How yep. am I presenting myself to the world? Does it feel yeah. accurate? Yeah. So those are some of the fears that have been kind of, yeah, navigating around my house a bit. Yeah. Here it's been for Griffin, definitely going into middle school and him and his classmates were not prepared mm-hmm. for it by the teacher in his grade six year at mm. all. So he did good. Like they'd all meet here in the morning, a bunch of them, they'd all head off together and they'd come back and hang out. But he's been sick on the third week back. Mm, and I think it's because yeah. it's just hard and it's tired and it finally caught up to him. And that's how his body expressed it, man. Totally. You're overwhelmed. So helping him through that definitely is a big one. Uh, my wife with her writing or lack of writing time and that kind of stuff and just helping her with that. And listen, basically just wants me to listen. So I listen. Yeah, I was going to say, when you were working out of the house in the summer, mm-hmm. how did that put more on her plate in different oh, areas? Oh, it did. It did put more on her plate. And take from different it things. It did, yeah. too, right? And she ended up having one of her best friends 
do a medically assisted suicide over the oh, summer. Wow. And that was a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it brought up issues with her upbringing or lack thereof. Yeah. And the lack of relationships she has with both her parents who are split up. Uh, so it was a lot. That brought a lot in. And then she started to see things in a more spiritual light. She was like a scully. Mm-hmm. And now she has to see some Mulderish stuff going oh, on. Oh, cool. So help kind of just being there through that while also just me not being at work. Yeah, that's not really being cool. Home at work, right? That's cool for you guys in your partnership because you've been there already. You've you've crossed that yeah. that bridge and transition point, and now it's her turn. It's yeah. her turn, and it's kind of trying to do it without preaching mm-hmm. um, and letting her just kind of absorb the information that, that, that she's been resistant a lot, so it's created some tension too. But it's like, and I've, I've said I've said to her one time, I'm like I've done all this, I know. I'm just trying to help make it easier for you because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, totally right. Yeah. And it'll eventually she'll have some insight into maybe why you were making decisions you were making yep. or doing things the way you were doing. But yeah, that's and are you excited like what this is gonna bring like a year from now? I'm curious. Of, yeah. I'm cur- and and there's a bit of the scaries with that too. Right. Which would be the third one is what happens a year yes. from now with all that because yeah. it changes a lot. I know I my journey changed me a fuckload from the person I used to be. And that's exactly it, right? So yeah. now it's like I you know can can people embrace the new versions of each other in all of the ways and I see that in so much of my one-to-one work when people are coming they have relational issues or this or that you know they'll say like help me fall in love with my partner again or whatever and I was like I can't guarantee that I will help you fall in love with yourself and Mm -hmm. the version of you will decide whether your partner still fits that or you still you know whatever those 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 things best fit you but recognize that as you start to make shifts your partner inadvertently will do that too and sometimes you need the patience to wait it out for them to get to that point too right so see this as a long-term process. This is, you know, it's like going and getting a, a postgraduate degree kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's going to take a little while. It doesn't happen overnight. So yeah, yeah, just like embracing that process. That's really cool. Yes. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. That's, that's been our three. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's kind of another piece of like when somebody else's decisions impact what you can do with your life because your decision for work of course she supported that because as a family unit you needed to but it inadvertently changed the things she could do for work and for me same thing i don't have as much childcare in the summer and then the times they would normally you know go with their dad they didn't go at all so i literally had to table so many things from my business end of administrative things like new referrals planning stuff or being partnered in different things that i was like all that's got to go on hold which felt stifling for my creative energy that was like bulging at the seams and I had nowhere to to, to expand that. So yeah. I'm happy to be back here because honestly, sometimes my head just explodes with all these things and I have nowhere to put it. Yeah. Right. right? Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. You need that outlet. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also why I like space in my work life to be able to do that outside of my one-to-one work. Yeah. And for you, same thing, creativity and your different projects and you're going to have times that you're writing or producing different things right oh yeah doing this show working on a new season you need shows time pick and up space you need time and space for all the work and then the field work that we do yeah and then juggling that with being home yeah because every time you're on the road jess is yeah. absorbing what's happening here exactly yeah. right yeah so it's a juggling act yeah it totally <laughs> is you know i love Brene brown and we'll uh wrap up here in a in a moment but uh, Brene brown has this really great um uh, thing her and her husband do and they kind of check in at the end of the day and they have a hundred percent as a couple and they'll go like I'm at 40 and she comes in she's like okay that's fine I can pick up the 60 for the rest of the night what do you need me to do right or like they both come in at 20 and mm-hmm. they're like fuck what do we do, what do, we, do? <laughs> we need another 60 or like I'm at 80 great you know what I'm at 82 we're both good right yeah 
Yeah. So I think that that's a really nice way, you know, that you and Jess probably navigated some of that stuff too. Right? Oh, yeah, through conversation. And yeah. We were, after it's been 15 years yeah. now that we've been, well, 16 years. Yeah, together, you're, we're going to record Mary. on your anniversary right, coming exactly. up. So, but, so, I mean, you do get a bit intuitive too. You can read the other person. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. But she's changing now. But she's changing now, And right? through this journey, she might have different boundaries. She might prioritize self-care differently. Yep. She might, right? Which oh, yeah. is now going to gouge into some different things, too. Which is good. It's lovely. Yeah. But it will shift. Yeah, yeah. Things will change. Yeah, totally. Better than heads rolling. Yeah. So, <laughs> we hope it's not too scary. We hope that Halloween is extra scary. Yes. Have a good time on Halloween night. Stay safe. And all that stuff. Right. Eat lots of candy. It's really about the candy for me. We all know that I cannot portion control my candy. (laughs) We talked about this last year. The mini eggs. Actually, (laughs) that was one. So my boyfriend actually listens to these episodes. Does he really? Tells me things I've said. And I was like, I said that? (laughs) Because as you guys all know, I have to re-listen to the episodes every time they launch because I forget what I've said. And uh, I was like, oh, which episode were you listening to? He's like, the one where you ate the mini eggs walking over to Jason's. <laughs> yeah, well, I had one. And one I was, mini no, egg. No, you had four or five. Did I, four I five? saved enough. They were oh, mini eggs, sorry. They were the foil wrapped ones. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I did. I, I Like one or two was chintzy. I had to purposely save enough <laughs> that I didn't look so horribly like, yeah, I would have had, if there was one or two, I would have eaten them all and not told you I had them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. All right, guys. Everybody enjoy your Halloween. We'll be back next week with a whole new edition of the best podcast you've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk again next week. Mm